Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Beer is about drinkability. Doesn't matter the style. You guys are like walking beer Wikipedia. That's the first time that you've ever accepted me as a person. Or you have a fermentation in your gut. I'm jet propelled at all times. (laughs) How many guys do you think that you have the privilege to slap? Somebody who's never tasted a commercial example, and this is how you know everything about this beer? Please, you don't. I think it's bullshit. (laughs) I think it's bullshit too. Wow. Are you guys going to arm wrestle? No. No. They're going to teabag fight. (laughs) You heard of Junkyard Wars? Can I get another high five? Now, live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with, well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. Hey, welcome everybody. It's The Session. Here we are, live shutdown special. We're still shut down, uh, but I think we're sort of ramping up to not be shut down, to be non-shut down soon. And I'm, I don't know if I'm looking forward to that. It's too smoky to go outside anyways. We'll still be stuck. We'll still be stuck in here. It's for different reasons. Yeah. Man, this is... This is the worst. It's just, it's, it's, it's just the worst. It's like being dumped 400 times in a row because you have to, <laughs> Whoa. Stay and then, uh, and then, and then you can, you know, okay, well we can go outside at least so you can take walks. Well, no, it's going to be a hundred degrees for four years and then it's going to be really smoky and then it's going to be cool, but smoky. And then it's going to be cool for a day and then smoky again. And it's just, you can't, you can't win for losing in this, in this area, man. But we're still here. We're drinking beer. We're hanging out with Lee from Party Beer Company in LA, beautiful Los Angeles. Lee, how you doing? Hey, doing all right. Doing all right. Thank you very much. It's good to see you, man. I haven't seen you. Good to be seen. In forever, it feels like. Far too long. Yeah. I mean, I don't remember last time we'd say you guys pre-pandemic, but uh, I think it had already been a little while. Uh, yep. so, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm like, I'm pretty much still in March, so maybe, maybe it hasn't been, <laughs> uh, I'm, not, I'm just not sure. Yeah. There was yeah. March, March 14th, 15th, 16th, 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 16th in a row. <laughs> yeah. Like March 240 something. Yeah. No, I lost track. Uh, for a while I was actually trying to keep track, but Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, we were talking just briefly before going live about, you know, the topic of every conversation, right, is how shitty of a year 2020 has been. And um, I mean, I think it's going to get shittier, 
but it's oh like, yeah oh yeah yeah it's yeah. it's about it's impending uh we're not we're not out of it by any means uh, no and it's like it's like you you can't um you you can't do a single thing you can't do a single thing and it just gets worse and then now today i read someone assaulted rick moranis on the street i saw that <laughs> Just sucker punched Rick Moranis in the head and numerous hats for his hat. I'm done. I'm out. I'm I'm done. That's it. I don't get it. I don't understand what's happening right now. Rick Moranis. Of all the people to come back to acting. Right. And like he took a break from acting because his his wife, I think, passed away a couple years ago. Yeah, I think there was like a whole, he basically like raised the kids and did the whole. Yeah. Did the right thing. He's done. Right. Exactly. And then uh, he just got, I think. I want to say um, oh, one of the uh, uh, Ryan uh, who plays uh, Deadpool, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, I think he got him back into acting or something like that, whatever. But well, he's wow. like he was going to come back for like a new Honey I Shrunk or whatever, and uh, <laughs> and then now this happens. So we and it was it was seriously because somebody wanted to steal his hat. Yeah, it was it was apparently like uh, this one guy, and he did it to somebody else, or supposedly, excuse me, uh, COVID. Uh, and it and they're trying to hunt this guy down. I mean, he's just a wackadoodle. Pulled him off the bus, tried to grab his hat, and then bit his arm or something. I didn't <laughs> bit him. see that at all. Yeah, this is not anyway. a time for biting. No biting. No, no biting. No biting. Yeah, and the bath salts were like 15 years ago, guys. Come on, man. That's right. Move on. <laughs> yeah. So uh, maybe that's the cure. Maybe what Maybe. we need are some bath salts. Damn. I think we should. Oh, try- wait. No, they didn't. The bath salts didn't work for Donald Trump. Never mind. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. that, was, that, was, that was bleach. No, no, no. Dude, went right there. Went straight there. Right there. <laughs> right there. We, we just what lost we half get, the like, audience. Half yeah, the audience. One minute, 30 seconds in. <laughs> Done. <laughs> uh, well, look, man, uh, before we get to Lee and all of his tasty beer, which I'm enjoying um, already. The Taco Cerveza. Uh, so if you want to support the show, please do. You can uh, become a regular donor through PayPal. Don't ask me how to do that. I'm sure it's all on the website. You can uh, do all your shopping on Amazon. That link is definitely on there on the website, and that helps out a little bit too. And uh, if you want a little bit more beer content in your day-to-day, Justin is currently on the road right now heading towards GABF. In fact, I think he might actually be there. He's going to be covering the judging the setup over there and how they're going to be doing the award ceremony. He's producing the award ceremony. Um, so we're all going to get to see our favorite breweries up there, uh, you know, winning awards virtually. And uh, Jay's uh, producing some content from the road. I know he's hitting a couple breweries. So uh, check that out too. I know he went to Sierra Nevada and I think he went to Firestone Walker. Can't remember, but anyway, uh, those videos are up on our YouTube channel. So check those out. If you can, uh, we're joined here by Nate, of course, and Sully, and it's good to see both of you as well. Thank you. Uh, good to be here. The Zoom thing is weird, man, but it's uh, it, you know, it's it's a it's a good it's a good proxy, I suppose, for the real thing. Better than nothing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, I prefer to smell you guys, but <laughs> yeah, see, this is way better. I haven't had a shower in days. I mentioned the the D and D game we had going over Zoom with some uh, parents from my uh, kids' preschool, or I guess former preschool. And it's weird, but I got to thinking, there's no way that, like, parents with kids the age we... Like, we could not have gotten together in person, even if there was no pandemic to play D&D. So it's kind of cool that we're actually getting to do something we wouldn't... We never could do in a million years otherwise. So uh, as strange as it is, is, I I guess I won't knock it uh, completely. 
you know, th- that is They're okay with COVID is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. COVID. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's an interesting point because that is sort of like the silver lining is that you, you, you find the time to reach out to people and connect with people in ways that you normally wouldn't. Like I started a D and D game with my friends as well. And uh, we normally wouldn't have had the time to do that. It's basically the same story, but mine is preschool. <laughs> you know, cause like, oh, well, there's always something you could be doing, but, but you do almost yeah. need more I mean, of a break from your family. now. It is a good, I mean, maybe it makes you reevaluate your like busyness. Cause you know, you're always too busy to do anything. Um, yeah. Maybe. You know, but isn't one of those things like I actually did a lot of Zoom stuff to begin with, like everybody was gung ho about it. I was like, this is really, you know, novel. Let's just let's do this. And then it's kind of waned off a little bit. Now it's like, I mean, I sort of keep in touch with those people in the same way. But a lot of times the calls begin like what we're doing right now, where we just talk about COVID and then it gets into this like, <laughs> ah, ah, you're like, I got to go. I'm, gonna, I'm burning the water. I got to go. You know, like, you know, it's just, you know, I, I don't know. But this, you know, this is fun, guys. People yeah, have yeah, fatigue, yeah. get fatigue, and they burned out on that stuff really quick. Yeah. I think because everyone was overdoing it in the beginning. But yeah, you have to be more deliberate now to go and see people like this as much as you can see them because you're not going to run into people anywhere. Like I'm not going to go to Triple Rock and see you, or like happen to go to some other brewery or something and see my friends. Yeah, like I, I used to like I swore up and down that I hated beer festivals and beer events, but then I realized, well, not only am I not seeing people that I like to bump into occasionally, but also like. There's people's jobs who essentially, you know, like yeah, people who run Brewers Guild, people who run the Brewers Association, et cetera. Like suddenly there's that huge revenue stream is gone. Like, guess what? Those jobs are gone. Yeah, that's uh, that's awful. So, yeah, it's pretty sad. Uh, Speaking of like GABF, it's amazing yeah. that it, there even is going to be some virtual event. I know a lot of those folks. It's a different organization now than it was six months no, ago. They, they put it that way. Look, I mean, do you, do you know what they're doing as far as the awards show goes? I mean, like, are they going to just? I mean, because we sent out our beers a while ago, and I think the they're being judged right now. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, I, um, I think it's been spread out over a pretty good chunk of time. That's what I saw. I saw Jay Brooks post something where it was like yeah. they were all like, they've been he'd been there for two weeks or something crazy. So. Oh my god! Yeah, I think it's a two week judging time. Just and I'm gleaning this just from what Jay's talking about. Yeah, he used to be in Denver for two weeks yeah. to you know shoot some video and and give us access to how that actually is happening, which is oh that's good. Great. Yeah, and we've talked about this on uh, on a low on a, a homebrew scale on Doctor Homebrew a couple shows ago, where we had uh, the guys from Club Doze, you know the local club out here, and uh, they were talking about how they did the first round. They're like we needed they 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 they're almost like first responders, right? We had we had a we had a, a, a duty. To perform this thing. We <laughs> we're, great. we're going in, we're going in. <laughs> Everybody band together. Yeah, but they went uh they they did a good job and and obviously I mean I think no one got COVID and, and people honestly like if there's anybody that could like nerd out and do it right, it would be like some dedicated homebrewers because you yeah. know yep. they're like doing everything by the book above Head down, like mass. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, I mean like it's funny, but at the same time, I'm sure they did an outstanding job. So yeah, I think so yeah. too. I, I mean, and just hearing it. Anyway, you can go back and listen. But I, I think the uh, at uh, GABF, I think they're doing a little bit more than that because we know a little bit more about the virus. And you know, look, brewers are getting up there in age. Okay. Yeah. I was I wasn't invited to judge this year. I think suspicious. I think because you're too old. Wait, wait. What'd you say? I can't hear you. What'd you say? <laughs> they heard you coughing at the beginning of the show, you know. And so from that point <laughs> forward, they just put a red X next to Sean O'Sullivan's name. Ixnay on Sully A. Yeah. Yeah. 
They're like, no, he's too, he's too big of a risk factor here. <laughs> I don't know. No, that's fine. I guess that's what happens. You know, you get older and then you don't judge anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then you, then just, they haul you out as, as a showpiece. Like, look what you can achieve. And here he is. Yeah. It's Empire, like, the old beer judge. <laughs> almost like what the running man or whatever, when as you're a, you're a gladiator for so long, you eventually get to retire <laughs> whenever it really makes it that far. No, sorry. Yeah, anyway, I'll have to watch that movie tonight. <laughs> That's all. That's that. All right, Lee, uh, you know, longtime session listeners will re- remember you from Eagle Rock, one of the best, uh, out, most outstanding breweries in L.A. And I love stopping there every time uh, we went to uh, Disneyland. <laughs> it's my favorite. It was like my favorite thing to do. Yeah, I feel like for a minute there we were seeing you guys like almost on a monthly basis. Uh, it, was, you, it was pretty frequent. Yeah, and you got a kid. Sure. <laughs> then, yeah, well, then we sort of was like, oh my god, we slow down a little. Yeah, we got to slow down. Man, we got to stop doing this. Um, but and then so re- recently, you moved jobs. You left Eagle Rock, and you went to Party Beer. H- how does somebody pull you away? From, I mean, you were you helped open Eagle Rock, right? Lead yeah, dog. I mean, I you know. Uh, actually, my brother and I, uh, and Eric, who you know as well, I mean, we had sort of been around from the beginning. We met Jeremy and Ting pretty pretty early on in their uh, startup process, and we just kind of, uh, I mean, actually, I blame you guys. Like, we had been homebrewing a lot. We had been listening to the Brewing Network, you know, like, oh, wait, you know, you can you can make this more than a hobby? Like, this this could be a thing? <laughs> sure, why not? So we, uh, Sucker. We, uh, we got perfectly good, you know paying jobs and uh, we just it was something we wanted to do so we we kind of like you know got our we just we were there all the time um so i did that for a long time uh and you know we still remain good friends there's no like weird blood or anything there but uh you know i had maybe i don't want to say i had like done everything i could possibly accomplish there but you know like i'd been there for a while we were kind of on a, a a trajectory that was kind of slow and steady. Um, but in the meantime, uh, a really good friend of mine from the, the, the original homebrew club I was in, which was uh, Pacific Gravity, this guy named Bob, uh, he was working with some guys at a, um, they're essentially like a sort of like a media company. They did a lot of stuff for KitchenAid, for example. Uh, they, the guy that owned that company and another guy kind of like it was there, they were college buddies and it was sort of their dream to like, you know, have a brewery someday, like to, to do a thing together. Sure. And, you know, one went on to do this media company. The other went on to do a ton of like bar and restaurant and uh, like cocktail programs, things of that nature. So I sort of got introduced to those guys through this mutual friend who was sort of working for them. And, um, found essentially I was sort of helping him like he would just randomly ask me questions about like well what equipment do we need or you know what do we how do we do this or what do we do for that and I kind of got more and more interested like it sort of got to the point to where I was like well wait wait, wait, wait. like tell me more about this thing like this sounds kind of cool uh eventually kind of met and hung out with the guys oh sorry I don't know if you can hear the background. <laughs> yeah. I could have turned that off but uh I that bad if we go on a break I'll I'll turn it off Okay. Um, anyway, I kind of got to know the guys involved and it just, it sounded really like sort of fun and interesting and different. Um, yeah, they're definitely into like curating a really 
like good vibe and a, like a they just want to make a fun place to hang out. Okay. Uh, one of the guys has a, a bar in Highland Park called Block Party, and uh, obviously it looks a little bit different right this minute compared to pre-pandemic. But sure, I think one thing they've been really smart about is making a space that is like fun for everyone, and it's it's I kind of feel like we've evolved out of the like warehouse with the refrigerator with taps in the side and like that's <laughs> that's the experience this yeah. is kind of more of like a like a i don't want to say it's like a designer but a lot of a lot of thought has gone into like what it looks like how comfortable it is to whom does it appeal like it's it's not just like the hawaiian shirt homebrew club guys you yeah. know what i mean it's like, like me. it's jason yeah, <laughs> like that guy. Yeah. Uh, no, like they, I mean, they they've been really smart about it. Um, well, here, hold on a second. Let me interrupt you because you you touch on a lot of points that I want to hit. But the one you're talking about right now, it it, it almost seems like it, you know the the industry knows now that if you if you have enough money that you can you should put it into the design elements rather than um you know it, it, anything else. I don't know there, there's always plusing you can do, and people are looking for. There's so many breweries you want to create a space rather well, than, you know, well, we I, have the equipment. A unique space is different tab. from everybody else. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you know, there was certainly a time like 10 or definitely like 15 years ago where like the ultimate goal was to make really good beer. But like, that was, that was like the, that was the finish line where now like that's the starting line and you got to worry about all this other stuff. Like, I mean, even just think about what beer looked like on the shelf. I don't know. 10, 15 years ago, like there was a lot of bad, like really bad looking. Uh, oh yeah. Labels. Looked like somebody was Photoshopped for about 10 minutes, just kind of slopping it together. Well, you know, you know, it was like and, we, and we cared so much about the product. We weren't really even looking that close. No, that, we didn't that, care. Part, that's yeah. all that mattered. It, it didn't yeah. matter what the outside of the container looked like. It was the contents. But I think, you know, maybe there's parallels to like, wine and the, the sheer amount of wine that's on the shelves like i don't know that much about wine so if i'm shopping i'm probably gonna buy the one that looks cool i'm looking at labels dude because i don't yeah. know you know like i i may like sort of hone in on uh like a style or a, a varietal whatever but i don't know um so it definitely like it's 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 i guess i'll say matured a lot you know mm-hmm. in the last 10, 20, it's definitely become a business and I mean back in the day you know you could throw beer at a wall and people might buy it you know uh, yeah. because it was novel and unique and then and then people you started realizing maybe there's there's an aspect to this that we need to step up a little bit and so you know and now there's so many of us i think your comment about like you know the starting line right now is that you have to have good beer because uh, and so what you know what i'm hearing from your place is that you know you've got this unique opportunity this space that you know you're trying to curate and like make it exciting and fun and get people in there because that's what you have to do i mean the old saying is that people you know buy for the package and come back for the liquid is kind of like yeah it's sort mean, of what's happening right now in a lot of ways no totally i mean it's like you you sort of like it you have to put on this like experiential, it's like, it's yep. like a little Disneyland, you know, like yep. our, well, part of our pre pandemic plan uh, is essentially there's no indoor space at this brewery aside from like, you know, the brew house, um, everything, the, the entire tap room is a beer garden. It's all outside, hmm. but uh, there was also going to be mini golf, just a couple, like three holes of mini golf and, oh, and yeah. stuff like that. Like it, 
Only three? Only three? Come on. Give <laughs> well, me some I mean, more. No, it, is, just it, is, it is the length of the humans, too. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. And, you can, play, uh, so you can play three, drink a beer, play three, drink a beer. Yeah. There you go. It's yeah, like I mean, a mandate. It'll, it'll, get, it'll yeah. get more challenging as you... Uh, yeah. Um, can we play yeah, it through? It's, it's, it's sort of the idea that, like, you sort of have to put on a song and dance now. Like, it's not enough mm-hmm. to just... Yeah. Have, it has to be it has to be enough of an experience, right? I mean, like, you know, like just in this area alone, and I, I, LA, I think, was kind of slow to have a beer scene compared to San Diego and the Bay Area. But there's a ton mm-hmm. of good beer up here now. I mean, oh, well, absolutely, you, you are like, you're, you are the LA ground floor. You go wrong. Like, there's a ton of great beer. I mean, mm-hmm. like world class beer. So, well, yeah, you, you were on that ground floor with Eagle Rock. I mean, you guys, you yeah, guys yeah. kicked off that whole good beer revolution in the LA region. So you, more yeah. than anybody, have seen it grow and mature and and change now into this. It is sort of you have to align more with marketing. And I feel like in the early days of beer, marketing marketing bad. You know, you just tell yeah, your no, story, and, and that's, you're, and you're that's all you got to do. Rebelling or revolting against all of that, you're like, no, we yeah. don't we don't pay for advertising. Like, what do you right? No. <laughs> The only brewery I knew that paid for advertising was uh, the 21st Amendment. Oh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, no, that, that, it, it was like, no, we don't, we don't have a marketing. Could you say that name again a few more times, though? So I can like, <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of cans, uh, that's all we do because. That's uh, right, cans. <laughs> maybe, maybe we're not ready to segue into that yet. Uh, but I do want to talk to you guys about like what everybody is allowed to do up there. Uh, versus what we're allowed to do down here at the moment, but uh, oh, okay, all right. We are currently putting zero beer in kegs, so I'm trying to like figure out from like kettle to fermenter to bright tank how to have no leftover beer and no leftover cans, and that's really fun. Uh, <laughs> and of course, it's a little different for you know Pilsner is easy, hazy IPA, and eh, that's not so easy. Are you printing but, your uh, cans or putting a label on them, or what are you doing? We've been doing uh, sleeved cans. I kind of wish we were doing uh, like labeled cans so mm-hmm. that I could just have a big pile of bright cans. And, yep. you know, it's a lot easier to store labels than it is to store. Cause Cheaper too, what yeah. What we have now since we're not doing any draft is like I've got all these leftover cans. But it's like it's not enough to do a whole run, but I've got like two layers of this brand and three layers of this. So at some point I think – We'll just do like a Hail Mary and just brew some weird beer and put stickers, you know, just sticker over <laughs> all the, the 18 different leftover remnant cans that we have. Yeah. Um, well, we're, again, doing the, we're, do, we're doing the same up here. I mean, we're like, you know, everybody's pivoted to package. I mean, there's the draft businesses. Like, I mean, we're starting to see a little uptick in it because, you know, some places are op- uh, have opened and asked for draft. But I mean, the same way. I mean, we were lucky that way because we didn't have a lot of draft sales, which I actually couldn't stand. We sold a lot of our beer in grocery stores and da, da, da. Yeah, but yeah. Um, now after it happened, I was like, oh, thank God, because, you know, we were able to pivot and be OK with that. That's a, yeah, that, I mean, maybe that ended up being a good position to be in because yeah. it's not so much of a, I mean, a lot of breweries did so much draft or like, you know, the one I wonder a lot about up here in our neck of the woods is uh, Craftsman and Pasadena did a hundred, like they didn't know, yeah. no cans, no bottles. It was draft only. So like, what do you suddenly, and I mean, who knew uh, this was coming, but like draft pretty much turned off in March and that, that was it. So, yeah. That's a huge um, pivot to make. So, but in terms of like uh, breweries with tap rooms, 
mm-hmm. without kitchens. You guys have just been on the like this like you're you're allowed to have a food partner and do partial outdoor occupancy or where how you know I, I I I can speak to the fact we have rest, we have like you know kitchens we're a bona fide eating establishment but i mean and, and both are just in no uh, it, it, at both locations we have like a we have a food wagon truck whatever uh, oh, okay. in san leandro yeah. then we have our restaurant yeah. in san francisco but i mean we have 13 mm-hmm. tables open in san francisco and i think it's uh, the beer garden in san leandro is a lot bigger but you know nathan you could probably speak to faction i mean think i faction had that kind of a little bit of an issue with um starting up because they had to partner with uh a third party food truck or something like but that. Yeah. They always are bringing in food trucks, much like a lot of other breweries that don't have a kitchen on site or a, or a permanent food truck kind of in residence. But yeah, I think the restriction is that you have to have a food truck. There or some kind of a food and beverage situation going on. You can't just serve people beers at the yeah. moment. Right. There has to be some kind of, and I'm not sure how the rules work in terms of like, I think there's limits on if you're at a table with X number of people and maybe there needs to be food ordered along with beverages, but I'm not sure on yeah. the details of that, but you have to at least have the food option there. And I think there's even some, it's a, apparently some quotas around like what tables have to have to do. What is it? What is it like in LA? What are the restrictions? Well, uh, it just changed like two days ago, but ah. uh, you know, remember when we went from like, phase one to phase two and then we went backwards to phase whatever um yeah at that point the la county health department said no so a ton of breweries when it was announced that you could have a food partner and you could have some some limited dine-in everybody went out and bought every picnic table they could find and every umbrella (laughs) they could find uh two weeks later to be shut down by the health department and they would not budge at all so uh, we have a really, we're lucky. We have a really good uh, Brewers Guild, uh, like super organized. And that's an, actually going back to the idea of festivals being canceled. Like our Brewers Guild has one full-time employee, uh, Franny. And yep. she's, she's great. Because we can't have any of the events that like pay her salary. But uh, the Guild worked really, really hard figured out how to get in front of the right people and, you know, how to do the right messaging. So as of like two days ago, finally they said, all right, we're going to let you open back up with a food partner and do that partial. Uh We've been doing to go only because we haven't been allowed to do anything else. Um, And we're not, we can't do it yet. Like there's still some guidelines that have to come down and a few things that have to happen. But in theory, within a week or two, we'll finally be able to have that sort of limited occupancy thing um and I don't, I don't mean to like i'm not making light of the situation like i realize that the first priority is is public health yeah there's a reason I'm not, for it. yeah i'm not trying to get a bunch of drunken like bozos in here and, and create but at the same time like we were in kind of a good spot when all this happened but i know a ton of other breweries were not and like they need to sell some beer to some people really soon or else they're just not going to be a brewery anymore so uh yeah it's been kind of damn been kind of wild down here yeah especially if there's rules and they're well implemented and they can be handled in an outdoor space with some social distancing and so forth i think that breweries that were only draft or mostly draft can get some of that revenue back a little bit i mean people who had not invested in packaging were in a pretty tough situation oh yeah into this right stuck you know you've got 
beer you can't sell, beer at accounts that they're not selling. Yep. And yep. you know, what do you what do you do? So uh and I mean back to like my comment earlier about like the the NHC judging and like and like homebrewers doing things right. Uh if I trust anybody to to get the safety thing right, it's probably breweries with tap rooms. Like everyone's already used to, you know, treading lightly and following the rules because, you know, you don't want the ABC to come down on you and you don't want the health department to come. So everybody's already used to doing a good job. Rule following. Yeah. I think you sort of have a, a group of people that are for the most part, fairly conscientious. So like, I think everybody wants to do the right thing. And I, I sort of trust breweries more than restaurants or other bars to like actually <laughs> right. get it right. In fact, they may err on the side of overdoing it, but you know, um, Anyhow, that's for the best. Yeah. yeah, we we've we've had we know we're you know we've been given the the green light to twenty five percent occupancy inside, and so we've been working uh, at that in the pub in San Francisco, and it's like. And first of all, when we shut down, we just like started cleaning and refurbishing everything. So we took advantage yeah. of the time and we were able okay. to hire some people back for that, which was great. But like right now, I mean, the conversations I'm having with the GM, um, Rob Strausser over there is that I mean, we are thinking about. I mean, it is so hardcore. I mean, it's not, I mean, it's not even because we got to do it. It's almost like we think about safety constantly, just about the staff and about the customer. Because if you get shut down, it's like, you know, if somebody gets something, that's it. And we had to shut down for two weeks at the beginning of the scene because we had an outside contractor come, come in to work on our glycol chiller and he was sick. And so we shut down. I got a COVID test. Everybody got COVID tests. Everybody was fine, but just don't want that to happen. You don't want anybody to get sick too. I mean, aside from the, I mean, I don't even care about the revenue side. It's just, I don't want people to get sick and, you know, something bad happens. So oh, I, I, Lee, I completely agree with you. It's just like, we're like, you know, we, I think we might overthink it because we have to, and because we're used to doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, there, there's a fair amount of folks out there with a very like cavalier attitude towards the, the, the personal safety thing. And like, hundred uh, percent. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Maybe that'll bite you in the ass or maybe not, but I don't want it to be my fault if something happens no. to somebody. I mean, because, you know, it'd be one thing if we were in a scenario where if you didn't follow the rules, you were the only one that would be affected. But that's not the case. If you go out and do something dumb, then maybe you come home and give it to your grandparents and then you give it to all your coworkers and then you do it like it's not fair. So, yeah, I think you kind of do have to over. React and at, at the same time, it's hard because you're also trying to sustain a business. I mean, what is is twenty five percent occupancy like? Does that even like pay the rent, or is that? I mean, yeah, yeah we. I mean, we can. We, we figured it out. I mean, you know, with outdoor seating and that. I mean, we have to. Yeah. You know, we have to hit a certain amount every day in order to make it work. And you know, it's like you know, some days it doesn't happen, and some days it does. Some days we're doing better, but you know, we've worked with our the owner of the building, and you yeah, know, yeah. we just feel like we have to do this. So, no, I agree. Uh, I do. I mean, I feel like, and this is not my original thought. I heard it somewhere that you know, if you. You'll never know it if you overdo it, but you'll certainly know it if you underdo it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'll err on the side of overdoing it. Yeah, especially now, man. Like you said, everyone's at risk, man. Even the people who don't even go anywhere near your place. You, you know, know? The, the, the thing that blows my mind, and I don't know when this happened, but like, and not to take the conversation here for too long, but the idea of like people that don't want to wear the masks or don't want to do the thing. It's like, when did everybody become so selfish like, you honestly don't give a shit about your neighbor or your friend or who, like, 
I don't know where, like, when that page turned, but, like, why is everybody being such a dick? What happened to being nice and doing, like, good deeds for other people? Yes. I I am the same way. I cannot even, I mean, I I hate to virtue signal here, but I really feel like, you know, come on, man. Really? You're going to die on the hill of, like, not wearing your mask? That's it? That's where this ends? I mean, come on. It's like... Well, and it's it's also the the same people who are ranting about about the economy being closed down they can't go to the places they want to go but it's because you're not wearing a mask that's the that's that's the that's the main reason because yeah, people well, like you aren't wearing it you're spreading it around calm down and do it right then we could probably be doing a lot more yeah uh, yeah so. yeah and it's amazing that it's october and we're still having to have this conversation about how we can't believe these people haven't caught on yet i think it's we'll be having this conversation next march or april <laughs> or whatever yeah. not, not to like yes. sound like a pessimist but like yeah i mean you're not wrong i mean we got a ways to go uh even if even if the magical vaccine comes down the pipeline tomorrow we still got a ways to go so for sure know. maybe it's in beer well, <laughs> oh yeah, I think we're gonna find out. So far, so good. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm doing my part. Oh man. Uh, all right, let me take a quick break here, everybody, and we'll be right back with uh, Lee from Party Beer Company in LA. Stay tuned. It's the session. We'll be back. Segmented, demented, fermented, fermented. It's the session. All right, welcome back, everybody. Thanks a lot. This is the session. We're hanging out with Lee from Party Beer Company in beautiful L.A., California. And uh, Lee, you were saying earlier that you guys haven't had too much of the smoke, so it is sort of still kind of nice out there. And we have no idea what that looks like. We had like like two weeks of like pretty intense um, like smoke everywhere, cars kind of covered in like that layer of small ash particulate. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but it, it it changed direction, and I I feel like we've the last week or two we've had a little bit of a break. So uh, I'm certainly not going to complain. I did. I was going out to um, some friends that have a brewery in Monrovia. Actually, I had a friend that started a brewery in Monrovia called Hop Secret. Uh, that was his like retirement project, and he quickly realized that owning and operating a brewery was like a terrible way to retire. <laughs> so, uh, we found some enthusiastic young guys to like take it over. And I think they're doing a great job. Um, nice. Anyway, I was going out there to, to get yeast and uh, the mountains out there were on fire. So I got to see that uh, the 747 super tanker, you know, that drops all that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like it flew over the freeway low and I was like, holy shit, I know what that is. He's going to go, you know. So I kind of like drove slow so I could watch. And yeah, he went, did a big loop around and like dumped all that stuff all over the place. It was kind of beautiful to see it firsthand. But at the same time, I'm like, God damn, this is not like, this is just, this is not good. Um, It seems weird that we're still sort of like plugging along when everything's on fire, you know? Sky's on fire. Like, I I don't know, like, just that's how life goes. It's sort of like the same thing with the pandemic. And, you know, just about, uh, like I said, we were talking earlier about just being stuck at home. And there's now multiple reasons why you can't go outside. Yeah. (laughs) Especially in the Bay Area. And it's like, it's it's just, we're, we're being piled on. But it's also weird because life is sort of just moving on. 
Yeah, I mean, you know? some of it needs to move on, and some of it's just like a, you know, like a like an aircraft carrier. Like you don't just stop the aircraft carrier. Like it's <laughs> yeah. so big, it just it keeps going for a while. It's like I think we don't even know how to stop if we Too much want. momentum. There's no True. way to stop it, right? You know, True. it's like all right. Well, I guess this is what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and all the smoke in the air, man, it's getting the house. And like, so now today I suddenly have a cough. It's but COVID. I know it's not you have COVID. COVID. No, maybe it is. Uh, maybe it is. JP. I haven't uh, been maybe anywhere. Maybe it is. I don't maybe go it is. You got it off. You got it off the dust. <laughs> That's tapping I mean, it. It's like really Achilles heel there. God, I wish I could mute you right now. It's all that wildfire dust raining down upon your house. It's yeah, full of COVID, Jason. COVID dust. I got it off a, a, a milk container or something like that. <laughs> um, anyway, Lee, I'm drinking your California Kolsch. <laughs> Please tell me about that uh, beer so we can uh, uh, avoid. So, that. like, um, I think that turned out to be a really nice beer. The, uh, the original idea there was, uh, as, you know, like, let's see, what month was this? Um, we had a date with Wild Goose to... Uh, have somebody come out and, and commission the machine and uh, it could only happen at a very specific time. If we missed that deadline, then it was going to be like a month or two later that they could come back. What's a wild goose? Uh, oh, the, uh, the, the can line. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Okay. So uh, the, the canning machine. Um, Critical piece of gear right now, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I'll, I, that was a decision that was made, you know, to get that before I was part of this crew. And I'm so glad that they were already committed to doing beer in cans, uh, or at least in some kind of container. Um, because yeah, absolutely. We're doing 0% draft. Every single drop of beer is going either into me or into those. cans. <laughs> um, but anyways, we, we absolutely had to hit this deadline to have a beer ready. So I was like, well, okay, shit, that's in like, a week and a half. So there was a finite uh, array of beer styles to choose from. Okay. So you were under so, to, uh, I just was like, all right, let's do like something really simple. I used um, the uh, 090, the San Diego Super. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't use that at Eagle Rock, but at my friend that had Hop Secret, we used it there. And the thing's usually, you know, pretty quick, drops out really nicely, uh, really clean, uh, pretty it's pretty tolerant of, you know, temperature and pH and anything else. So we just did kind of like a, sort of like a generic golden ale. And my employers have been great. They were like, all right, you know, like no pressure, just, just make a beer for the sake of like getting it into the tank and like getting this machine going. Um, so, you know, cool. And like no pressure, just do whatever. And if it's a throwaway beer, fine. At least the machine will be up and running. Then, uh, Everything went crazy uh, with like social unrest and uh, police, you know, brutality and whatever. So all of a sudden the beer that was going to be the throwaway beer was like, oh, let's like, let's make this a Black Lives Matter donation. Like we're going to do this thing. And I was like, whoa, you just said this beer was a throwaway beer. Now it's going to be like potentially the most important thing that we do. Like, okay. Uh, (laughs) No pressure, no pressure. It ended up being the case that we didn't get the sleeved cans in time. Uh, So we got the BLM cans later. I got to rebrew the beer. The one you're drinking essentially is the same beer, but not dry hopped at all. Um, So when I got to rebrew it the second time to go into the other cans, I did like a tiny, tiny 
like half a pound per barrel uh, dry hop with Citra and Mosaic, which is not in this one, but it is in the, I don't know if I sent you the BLM one. Um, and interestingly, it's like, it's a totally different beer. Uh, I like them both. Um, the not dry hopped version is just, it's almost like a, it's so clean. It's almost like a Munich Hellas. I mean, it's, it, I, I wouldn't say that's what it is, but maybe stylistically that's the, like the, that's what you would enter it in or something. I mean, I wouldn't, but yeah. almost, you know, like, it's just like, it's, it's super easy drinking, really clean. And that's the very first beer we made. Like that's the first beer off of that equipment. I just sort of like guessed what, you know, efficiency might look like and what everything else would look yeah. like. So, uh, I think it's held up really well. I mean, I, I brewed that in the beginning of March and, uh, here we are. So, uh, I'm pretty Is proud of that cream? thing. That was the first beer on that kit that you sold yeah, to the public. Yeah, yeah that was a very wow, was a cool. first beer. I'm still like, it's been it, like, this system is weird. Uh, like, I still can't quite get the mash efficiency I'm expecting, uh, but I'm working on that. And then uh, I did throw away a beer not too long ago because um, this kettle gets really hot, like, real mm. fucking hot if you crank it up to like a hundred percent it will still be boiling like five minutes into your whirlpool like it just gets so hot so uh there was a beer that we added a bag of dextrose we it was just me for a long time but now i kind of have uh like a sort of assistant brewer uh we added very carefully a 50 pound bag of dextrose to the end of the boil like after the burner was off knocked out like Everything was cool, pitched the yeast. And then he was up on the brew deck spraying out the kettle, and he's like, oh, dude. And I was like, uh, what? And there was just this huge, like, black cake, like all the dextrose. And at Rock, we had a steam-fired kettle, so that was never an issue. I mean, you could literally just throw it right in, no problem. It went straight to the bottom, spread out, and just like (laughs) blackened. So, of course, like I went to the fermenter and and took a sample and I was like, oh, that didn't taste right. (laughs) No. But we had already pitched yeast and, you know, so I figured, well, let's ferment it out and see how it tastes. And man, that that was maybe like the sixth or fifth or sixth beer that I did. Uh, It it tasted a lot like if you've ever smelled hatch chili when they're roasting it. Like, (laughs) oh, yeah. Just like that. Excuse me. In fact, maybe in the right beer, like in some, you know, like 30 Play-Doh Imperial Stout, maybe the burnt sugar, like, maybe would be okay. But that was supposed to be like a 7% hazy IPA type of thing. And like, All I heard was experimental beer. Yeah. You're probably yeah, better well, off anyway, honestly. That experimental beer went right down the drain. <laughs> um, well, let me ask you about this Kolsch, man, because it, it, doesn't, it doesn't taste Kolschy. But it also does at the same time. Oh, it's so, you know, like Kolsch is kind of a lie in, yeah. in a sense, too, because we knew we were going to rebrew it again mm-hmm. and do the BLM can. And the BLM can said golden ale. Yeah. So I felt like we couldn't call this golden ale and call the other one golden ale. So we're like, well, what do we call it? So maybe it's kind of like a cop out, but we called it California Kolsch because it's, it's like it's, it's reminiscent of a call. I mean, you could, you could, I mean, it, it's get clean, it. it's clean like a Kolsch. It's clean. Um, in fact, I think a lot of Kolsch are a little more estery than, mm-hmm. than that. 
Um, but so, you still have some, and I don't. I'm, I'm imagining it's from the hops because that that San Diego Super Yeast is fairly clean as well, too. Yeah, yeah. So is it your your hop selection? What hops are in this? Uh, not uh, just we just that one's like nothing until uh, Whirlpool or just a little tiny uh, Mosaic and Citra edition, mm-hmm. and then the only thing for the other version, same beer, little Whirlpool edition, no sixty minute, nothing else, and then you know like a, a modest uh, dry hop. This is- also with the uh, with that beer on the dry hop, I added the um, that uh, beerzyme hop flower, which is a amylo glucosidibidibidibida ace. So essentially, oh, one of those ALDC kind of. Yeah. So the, the idea is you're you're Chew trying to like free up some aroma compounds, mm-hmm. and right. I've been playing around with that. I think in the 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 beers with a bigger dry hop charge maybe it doesn't matter as much, but I think on the beers where there's just like a really like light handed dry hop and you use that enzyme, like it actually does kind of bring up the aromatics. Well, how does it do that? Cause I never use that before. What's the, I've never even heard well, of it. it. The, the same, I, it's, it's a similar idea to where like a lot of people are like, Oh no, you gotta, you gotta dry hop during active fermentation so that you get this like bio transformation. Yeah. And the bio transformation, but allegedly there's not like, if the enzyme is yeast derived, there's there's not enough to really do the job. So the idea is you just you know literally like throw some more right in. Um, so it's supposed to like you know like similar to like an enzyme you might add to the mash to like start breaking down starches. You're supposed to be breaking apart things uh, that will result in more hop aromatics. Um, okay. I think it works at least in in some of the beers, but at the same time, like the ones that I've used it in, I haven't also done like a side-by-side version where I didn't use it. So can I really say it did anything? No. Um, <laughs> but you know, you put it in this uh, beer, in the California Kolsch. No, I didn't, I didn't do it in the Kolsch. I did it in the dry hopped version, oh, which okay. I guess I didn't send you. So I don't know why we're talking about it anyway. It's but, fun to talk uh, about the enzyme though. That's I fun. That's a good conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like the idea. The beer is great, uh, so, man. This is a, um, Nate, I think you would really dig this. It is that, that sounds like, awesome. high, like high perfume malt character with those crisp, uh, you know, almost, I don't say tart because then you think, oh, well, maybe it's a pH thing, whatever. Uh, but that, that kind of crisp hop, um, citrus, you know, flavor. Yeah, I like the. I mean, this one was not, was not obviously dry hop, but it doesn't sound like you needed it. There was still hop character coming through, even though it was, from what I understand, yeah, Lee, you were saying it's it's only only a whirlpool edition, no sixty. Yeah, edition and that was like that, that wasn't right? like the hundred and seventy five degree like cool whirlpool. That was just regular like. Well, it's, right. Actually, on that kettle, it still reads two hundred and thirteen degrees. Because uh, <laughs> it's so hot, but um, yeah. What What's the name of the beer? What's the name of the beer? Sorry, we didn't really give it a name. We're just calling it California Kolsch, and California that's it. Kolsch. Like it, yeah. it What's the label look like? It's just a little sticker. Oh, I like that. It's, it's like, the, it was like it the, like, pilot, the pilot run of the whole thing. It yeah. looks like the yeah, California cool. flag. So it, it went into blank cans because that was all we could get. Like, In fact, we didn't even get the full like that label. cans we were supposed to get. Like, I had to run out. <clears throat> And pick up in my little pickup truck like a partial pallet of twelve ounce. We're no, doing I'm glad, you, I'm glad you bring that up. I'm hearing from folks that cans have become kind of difficult to get unless you already have them in some contexts. Like, if yeah, I mean, like I can't necessarily speak to that yet. Like, I keep hearing that as well. Um, so far, I haven't said, "Hey, can I have such and such?" And they're like, "Nope." 
don't have it. Also, <laughs> though, we're doing we're doing twelve ounce cans, which not a lot of other breweries are doing. But like a ton of like carbonated water, soda, etc. Other breweries are doing. So that's good. Sully, you guys are in twelve ounce. We're in twelve and nineteen twos. But you're exactly right. I mean, you know, sixteen ounce cans are hard to get right now. Uh, especially for the can van folks, you know, out there who are doing like, you know, going up to the smaller breweries and packaging that way. But aluminum is a challenge. I mean, we have contracts because of course we do. Um, but you, we talked to a lot of people about it from small people, small breweries to large breweries and everybody's having the same thing. I mean, we're like, we're getting like 25 to 30% of our allocation uh, a week wow. on it. And so it's like, we, we can't fill orders because of it. So mm-hmm. wow. cause everybody's pivoted to cans. So. Yeah, I mean uh, that's kind of weird too because I mean so if you're not if you're if you if you're not having a problem that's great and I think you're right because you're using twelve ounce cans and that's that's just a yeah, format I mean, I, that I, if we were doing bigger volume it would certainly be an issue I think we're just lucky so far that it's I mean we'll maybe do like the the half size pallet like one of those a week so it's like it's not a huge quantity uh, otherwise I think we we would have an issue and it would it would suck too because like we just got started. So we don't have anything contacted. <laughs> like it's just, you're just kind of out there on the free, uh, the free market. So. <laughs> yeah. You're like, Hey, can you give me some cans? Anybody got any cans? <laughs> yeah. I will say though, one, uh, one tiny silver lining of all this is like, I can get hops. I didn't think we were going to be able to get <laughs> yeah, um, Especially if you just call them up and you're like, Hey, I mean, I only need like, can I get like a 44 pound, box like and they're like oh yeah no there's uh there's a fair amount of people that are yeah 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 can i can send you hops if you want you can have so um that's pretty cool i mean at the same time though um, i feel guilty because i know somebody probably already committed to that and now they can't use it because they just can't use it so you're just not at the production levels they thought they would be yeah, it's, it's funny you mention that because our, our our guest on the last show was Imperial uh, in in Brentwood out here, mm-hmm. and Vito the brewer there was talking the same exact thing. He's like, "Yeah, I can I can get hops that I'm not contracted for because number one, we're new; they just opened as well. So I do want to chat with you about that a little bit. Cool. But uh, he said the, the same thing: it's just people can't do the production yeah. that they allocated for last year, and so they're happy to you know do some selling off. Yeah, I mean, like. It's cool. At the same time, you're kind of getting what you're getting. It's not like you went up there and did selection and you're like, oh, this is, this is my Citra. This is not like anybody else's. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, it makes beer. Um, makes beer. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah. <laughs> it's better than not uh, right. a Citra at all, probably. Or hopefully. Exactly. Right. Yeah. You know, so. It's Citra that smells like peanut butter, but it's Citra. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it said Citra on the box. That's all I know. <laughs> Um, so when did, when did you actually open? Uh, we've been selling beer to go for what, about five or six weeks now. Um, so that's a good question. Uh, thanks man. Originally, (laughs) um, you know, like every brewery project that you've ever talked to with anybody that's ever been on this show. Yeah. Uh, we didn't open when we thought we would open. <laughs> it, it took substantially longer. Okay. Uh, the bulk of this equipment. And more money. And no, more you had to wait for a pandemic to start uh, first, then you yeah. open. And then it got easy. Yeah. Uh, actually, there's, there's some good stories there, too. Uh, most of this equipment was sitting in an empty building down the street for like two years. 
Uh, and then oh, wow. I came on, I had been talking to them for a while, but I came on officially like end of February. Mm-hmm. And originally they thought this was going to be open in March and thank God it wasn't. I mean, we would have just spent all the money on the outdoor like beer garden. We would have built the bar, built the fridge, bought all the furniture, trained a bunch of people, hired a bunch of people, et cetera, et cetera. So like if this had to happen, I guess it happened at the right time because I'm still technically really the only employee. I mean, we have, I have help here and there for certain things, but I'm really the only one on payroll. Um, so. Yeah. That would have been a lot uglier if there was a whole pre- payroll. No, man, it would have like, blown the whole cash load. And then like, yeah. Hey, also uh, we have landlords, but they've been cool. Like cool. we're not really, paying rent because we're not really open so uh Mm -hmm. that that could be worse as well um that's very nice it's very nice So for us it's not so bad but i mean you know the the people that sucks for the ones that have been open maybe not 10 years but like a couple years still kind of figuring it out still trying to make the money work and then all of a sudden you like remove all their revenue streams and like that's fucked up so um kind of lucked out there uh so yeah just beer to go and then as of like two or three nights ago finally they were like due to the efforts of the brewers guild and and everybody else they said we're gonna get to open so i don't know exactly what our timeline is gonna look like on that i know we're like obviously we want to do it as soon as we can um one of the guys one of the owners here has a bar in uh, highland park called block party Super cool, like good vibe, fun place. And the spot next to them that opens to their same patio opened up. So they put like sort of permanently parked a food truck in there. There's (laughs) no way, like in LA, especially, like there's no way you were going to build a new kitchen uh, from start to finish Mm -hmm. in like probably less than two years. Really? (laughs) But the idea was if you park the truck in there and that counts as a kitchen, then you can have food. And so the bar is like sort of a restaurant now. And because they share the same patio, like you can, you can do that. So I think we're going to sort of copy that model. I don't think we're going to build the original like outside cold box and bar that we originally were going to build. I think we're going to use that spot for a truck or for the sort of like food partner component of the thing Uh, where the beer will get, Again, going back to the idea that you're not going to be able to walk up and just hang out at a bar anytime soon. Um, I guess all the beer will sort of be pre-poured maybe in here, probably inconveniently right where I'm sitting now. So that it's <laughs> um, And then, you know, it'll be sort of like a table service scenario where you have to kind of manage all the humans. Um, I don't even know if you can let people go to the bathroom of their own free will or if they have to ask for permission or how that's going to work. But well, I, I hope, kids. I hope <laughs> they have to be escorted. That'd be nice. Yeah. Yep. Anyway. Um, yeah. Okay. So the, first, so, so the first time you guys will be open for people coming in from the public will be during this pandemic. You've never. Oh, no. Yeah, that. absolutely. So. Like that'll, be, been, that'll be just kind of a trip, you know, you've not crazy, talked to people man. on the show. Done that. Yeah. I mean, I guess crazy. I feel like. 
The good news is if it works during a pandemic, it should hopefully still work post-pandemic. <laughs> right. If, if, there, if there is such a thing. Now, right. If people want to um, go there now, they're going to want to go there afterwards. Like, the, the to-go thing has been cool. Uh, like, the first week was fucking bonkers. But then again, it's like, you know, it was a new thing and people were yeah. bored. So, like, first week was awesome. Subsequent weeks have been good, but, like, not anything like the first week. But it, it's been okay. So, we've been doing... Uh, Saturday, like all day, and then Wednesday afternoons, you can pre-order and prepay, or you can just show up and whatever. Um, so that's been cool. Uh, it's sort of weird, like now that we're finally allowed to be semi-open, it it, it feels surreal, because like I've been working on this for a minute, and everything's been so weird. Like in the beginning, as we were talking about on the break, like we moved this equipment in here right at the end of February. So like it was an empty space, moved the stuff in, had some equipment issues, like went to turn on the chiller and that was an epic disaster. Really? Shit, shooting everywhere. No. And uh, there, were, there were a few other things. There were a few quality control issues with other pieces of equipment. Um, but it was like me and the contractor or me and the plumber or me and the electrician, uh, the owners all are like engaged in other businesses as well. And they've got families, they've got stuff going on. So it didn't really make sense for them to be down here, especially when nobody understood what the hell was happening <laughs> right. or how you get this thing or what was going on. So it didn't really make sense for them to be here. Um, so it was just me like forever. Wow. It was just, like just me and whoever else was like doing something that day. It was kind of cool. I mean, I, I definitely, even though I don't own the place, I, I feel like it's mine because, like, I... Sure. Even though some decisions, like, the length of the floor drain and some other things were made <laughs> prior to my... Uh, <laughs> there's some things that could have been, uh, like, optimized. Um, but it's been cool. And, I mean, honestly, I felt really lucky to be employed in a time where a lot of people weren't, my wife manages two like incredibly like high volume divey cave like bars, uh, footsies and another one over by Dodger stadium called the shortstop. Oh wow. And like literally like the shortstop is the last place you want to go right now. Like on opening <laughs> day, they would sell tens of thousands of dollars worth of $1 PBRs. Like there were just that many humans moving in and doing out. a lot of that. <laughs> so you can see how like uh, she hasn't been working a whole lot. Uh, yeah, but you know we've got two kids, so she's been doing that all the time. Like we're doing Zoom, ETK. I don't know how versed you guys are in. in Personally, Florida. not at all yet. So there's kindergarten, right? Yeah, but there's also TK, which is transitional kindergarten. Isn't but Tama can't do that one because his birthday lands exactly on the like wrong day. Okay. So we have to do ETK, whatever the fuck that is. I don't even know. Really? Uh, it's like, it's, it's, like <laughs> it's one of many versions of pre-kindergarten. Uh, but <laughs> so he like sits in front of the computer for a little while in the morning and kind of does that and I mean, for the most part, it works. I think we lucked out and got like good teacher who kind of understands how to like keep them engaged. But uh, 
That yeah, sounds like a wife's about to lose it. Um, yeah, it sounds like she'd rather go sell one dollar PBRs sometimes. <laughs> actually, I'd like to have a PBR right now. Actually, yeah, me too. <laughs> a one dollar PBR would, be amazing. Uh, I would crash a, a couple of those for sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like here's six dollars. I'll t- take the six. So Lee, you're like the only guy there right now. Yeah, uh, I am literally the only human being here. It is. It is going to be weird when when things start ramping up. I would imagine you're sort of you, you you're going to feel like one of those lost tribes of the Amazon. We're like, why are you bothering me with your cell phone cameras? Yeah, let's get your, out of here. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, mean, so, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, I was going to say like you know the. I mean, so I so I will say this that uh, stainless steel is porn for brewers, mm-hmm. and the whole time I'm looking at this amazing array of this pipe fence behind you and, and beautiful pipe. Being and all this, and, and I might be doing that, but I won't say it out loud because I have a business and I don't want to like something to happen. But, um, but HR, hello. Uh, but, uh, what who built your system and all that? I mean, what's going on there? Tell me a little bit about your system well, because, uh, SS Brew Tech, who for a long time were they, I think they were just sort of in the, the homebrew uh, equipment game. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, the, I don't know the exact, like the guy that owns that company, uh, they also own a, I think it's called Refuge in Temecula. Yep. So I guess they just decided, I I think they looked at like Premiere and other like small systems and figured, Hey, like we could, we could do this. So, um, they got into that arena. Uh, it's mostly been good. There. How big is it? How, what's the setup? What is it like? Uh, it's 10 barrels. So we have like four 20 barrels and two 10 barrels and a 20 barrel bright. I started off just doing 10 barrels into every container because I figured we didn't need like hundreds of barrels of beer in this pandemic scenario. Um, lately, I've been doing like, it's a 10 barrel kettle, but it'll hold like almost 18 barrels. So, like, if a half pallet of 12-ounce cans is 10 layers, 389 cans per layer, if I do, like, 14 and a half barrels pre-boil, I can end up with just about, just the right amount of beer to, like, fill that pallet of cans. Uh, so, I've been doing that on the, like, the not super hoppy beers. On the hoppy beers, I've figured, like, well, let's just do, like half a pallet of cans and then we'll, we'll re-brew the, re-brew the beer and do it again. Um, but anyways, uh, the equipment has mostly been good. Uh, it's kind of like premier, like it's definitely mostly fabricated in China and then they do some stuff here. It's been a few. Yeah, what is, it, is it two vessels? It looks like you have a yeah, rake, system. Uh, you have a rake uh, system on your 10 barrel uh, system. Mash ton with a rake, but it doesn't lift up, which to me is like kind of weird that it, you can't get it up. Cause it would be nice if you could lift it up and then, Occasionally, you stir just the top portion yeah. without yeah. like disrupting the whole thing, but you cannot. Uh, and then, yeah, just like a, a big kettle. Um, the HLT almost burned down the place, <laughs> <laughs> and they came up and promptly fixed that. I think uh, it is it gas or steam? What is it? The, the kettle is is uh, you're, gas. you're talking about that. You're talking about HLT is what. Uh, let's see. The HLT is there. Yeah, the hot liquor tank. Okay, just went. So uh, that's electric. Because uh, Jason doesn't know what you're talking about. No, I have no idea. Look, I'm still trying to work out the math equation that let Lee gave us two minutes ago. So there are like massive, massive uh, stainless steel heating elements in that HLT, and you can take groundwater from like you know 
70 to like 180, like pretty fast. But so it's a I, nuclear option, is what it is. <laughs> yeah, there's like a little a little uh, radioactive core in reactor that. in there uh, <laughs> from China. Somebody somebody <laughs> landed the wires into one of the contactors poorly. Uh, I think they got a bunch of the fiberglass insulation up in there. So like you know, anytime you don't have oh. good electrical contact, you start making heat. Yeah. Uh, so I was heating water. Uh, we had just finally gotten like a dumpster and a recycle bin. So I was excited cause I had like mountains of cardboard <laughs> and shit just like saved up. So I was outside putting cardboard and doing stuff. I love recycling too. Uh, man. Cool. I strolled things. back in here and I just took one whiff and I was like, holy shit, something is That's not right. <laughs> moments away from being on fire. So I opened up, there's like an electrical cabinet under this, under this hot liquor tank. And yeah, one of the contactors and the wires going in were just like before my eyes, just like turning browner and browner. Oh, I was like, oh, wow. fuck. Turn it off. Uh, still actually ran it after the fact with the other. T- so there's like multiple set of sets of elements. So you can t- there's a little circuit breaker in there. You can you can isolate everything. So I ran it fine with the remaining good bits. Uh, and then, yeah, they came up and fixed that like right away i did have one other issue with the the kettles burner i feel like it's a an overly complicated design there's two valves one controls airflow one controls gas and they kind of have to work in harmony uh well they quit working in harmony and i had a kettle full of wort and like no fire it works (laughs) halfway through we got we got to a boil uh before i had collected all the wort, so i like tried to turn it down and then it just never came back on uh, that one we fixed over FaceTime and like, you know, the, the customer support has been good. That's good. But there have been a few things that I'm just like, I don't know, man, like you almost burned the place down. <laughs> kind of a big deal. Um, yeah, a little bit. Everything else like fermenters are kind of like standard, like very similar to everything else you see that's mostly mm-hmm. manufactured. And although one thing is weird, uh, there's two temperature probes, one in the cone, one up top. And in the tin barrels, they're both in thermal wells. But in the three barrels, the bottom probe is in a thermal well. The top probe is not in a thermal well. Like it goes into the tank, which I didn't realize at first till I went to like start cleaning fermenters. I was like, dude, oh whoops, there's this like crazy spot where if you don't know it's there, like if you just run your normal CIP without taking it apart and spraying it out, like you're gonna have like three years worth of shit just hanging out <laughs> in this weird like. Why would you do that? I'm sure the, the the design as it is, the probe is probably more accurate and more responsive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I would rather maybe be off by a few degrees in my yeah. clean and not have to like, right. because also it's like called house character, house character. Well, I crammed all the fermenters together because I didn't realize I was going to have to climb under them and get this probe out and clean it. You know what I mean? Like I would have left a little more room if I had known that it was this sort of weird, like, I don't know. It's something I've never encountered. Before. Yeah. If it, look, if it's funky, just tell me, I don't even, I'm not even mad. Just tell me so I can plan to be funky. <laughs> I mean, you know, oh, so far so good. Knock on yeah. wood. I, I don't know. Um, all right. What else should I open, man? I got the, uh, the Nana's and the destroyer of worlds. Maybe the destroyer. So the Nana, we're going to do like a lot of seltzer because like, yeah, you guys are. I saw that on party wall. Well, well, so one of the owners, I mentioned Block Party, his other his other bar, and like he's been in the like 
sort of cocktail. Like he's a big, big part of the LA cocktail scene. Also a big part of like the LA, like vegan food scene. So all the beer, it's a selling point that all the beer is vegan, but at the is same that Tony? Point, is it? No, no, no. Uh, his name is Jason, uh, Jason Eisner. Okay. Uh, just saying. It's funny to me because most beer, I mean, it's, it's inherently vegan unless you like use Isinglass <laughs> right. uh, or like table sugar, like refined white table sugar is not vegan. That's not uh, vegan. Why isn't that not vegan? They use bone ash to make it white. Oh, bone ash. Uh, <sighs> but like normal, like dextrose is fine. Like in you may, you're probably just going to order a bunch of bags of dextrose from whoever you get your malt from anyway. ADM. So. Um, but anyway, uh, our sort of initially I was kind of like, Oh, you want to make seltzer? Like <laughs> you, cool. okay. Keep going. I'm going to, um, but I'm, I'm going to be like Trump right now. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I, I kind of look at it a little differently now. Um, with Jason's background in like, you know, cocktails and mixology and all of that, like he makes really like bonkers, like weird, cool cocktails. Uh, I mean, rather than like replicating mango white claw or whatever is already <laughs> out there. Uh, there you go. <laughs> most, if not all of the cocktails, uh, all of the seltzers are going to be sort of like, like a session version of a cocktail. So the very first one we did, uh, the bitters and soda, the, like the inspiration there was, uh, the first time my wife was pregnant, she didn't want to let the rest of her bar staff and employers know she was pregnant until she was ready. So I did every that once. time Good we point. went out, it was just bitters and soda. Cause there's virtually no alcohol in there, but there's flavor and there's color and it. it looks like you're drinking a cocktail. Hmm. So she drank a lot of bitters and soda and it kind of grew on me. Like I actually, it's like a refreshing, cool drink. Uh, so when we started talking about seltzers, I was like, well, what if we, I mean, your background is cocktails. Like what if we kind of like, let's make uh, like a session version of like a Moscow mule or, you know, um, rather than making those like super neutral fruity kind of boring ones. And I mean, the first one we did, which is the, the Nona's, um, it's literally dextrose and water and some lactic acid to take the pH down. Like I was really surprised with how much character it had, like for being just a bunch of, you know, bags of fermented corn sugar. Um, to me, it tasted a lot like if you were drinking. <laughs> what kind of yeast did you use? Uh, on that one, I used the, the San Diego super with, uh, they, they, they sell it now. There's a, they have like a nutrient called uh seltzer max. Yeah. But at the time, uh, Kara from White Labs was like, hey, we've got, we're working on this new, because before what people were doing was using like, uh, like the turbo vodka yeast, which comes with its own nutrients. And I guess White Labs idea is like, well, if you, if we come up with this new nutrient, you can use your like house strain and just give it a ton of this nutrient and it'll yeah. ferment like really clean. Without having uh, to maintain well, a separate pitch or anything like that. Well, you know what though? I do have one. We'll come back to that in a that, minute. Uh, okay, yeah. yeah good one. Weird, good but... good talking point. No, no, no. I I think it I think it like it it totally like with the with the San Diego Super, it was a little bit sulfury, but otherwise like it was to me surprisingly clean. Um it had a little bit of like a like if you took a glass of prosecco and like like put ice cubes in it. Mm-hmm. And then kind of like drank the Prosecco, let the ice melt, and then drank that. 
Yep. You just got like a little bit of like sort of like diluted white wine character. Like to me, that's kind of what it tastes like. Uh, and it was not off, but like it was actually, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, and then we were going to do like other things to it. So I have a, like a lenticular filter with this big charcoal cartridge that I was planning to use. That's um, good for seltzer. But so far we haven't used it because I actually kind of like that sort of like weird. What's a lenticular filter? The, the crafty element. Uh, yeah. A uh, lenticular filter is just like a big, like a uh, stainless steel housing with a big, rather than doing like the old school plate and frame where like you've mm-hmm. got a bunch of filter pads exposed to air. Like this is all contained in a sort of expensive stainless steel housing. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I got you. But you know, I, Jason, I, come on. I haven't, I, we bought it, but I haven't actually used it yet. Cause I sort of liked what was going on with the, we did another seltzer that's sort of like a pog, like a, you know, a passion fruit orange guava thing. Um, that one I used the White Labs uh, Coastal Haze Blend. Uh, that's got like the, the Brett Brooks, or not the, it's not the Brett Brooks, it's the Sac Brooks. It's, it's the, uh, the Saccharomyces that they thought was a Britannomyces. Yeah, the Trois, I think that in it was. And then it's got a few other like other attenuators in there. I used that for the tiki seltzer because I already had a pitch of it and I was thinking like, okay, well, if this is supposed to like accentuate those tropical flavors, like let's try it in a tropical seltzer. Um, Sounds good. I probably wouldn't do it again. Like it's not bad, but uh, there's something about it. And I also used like a bunch of uh, pineapple, passion passion fruit and orange puree like in the fermenter just to sort of my thinking is like, if you're allowed to use sugar as a malt substitute and you're allowed to use fruit puree, like why not make something that's almost like wine and like technically has no malt in it at all, but it has all these other fermentables and like, let's just see what we can get. Uh, it, it did produce a pretty interesting seltzer. Uh, a lot of the best flavor, like fermented right out. Like if you would, you know, you taste it every day and you're like, Oh, this is really good. Oh, it's not as good. Like, Oh, eventually most of it went away. So when I moved into the bright, I added some more uh, sort of like purees that are a little more like extract just to like have a little bit of flavor that would stay put. Yeah. Um, But it's been like, it's kind of fun to play with. Um, I don't, I don't like hate it as much as I was like, Oh, we're not, we're not making (laughs) it. You're okay with it now. Uh, Is it selling? It sounds cool. Yeah. I mean, like, People are into it. Uh, it might sell better if it was mango or, you know, whatever. But I, I like the idea of doing something that everybody's not already. I mean, yeah, we're certainly well, never going to produce mango white claw at a price point that makes any sense compared no. to. Mango but white your tap room, it might be good. Well, I mean, it's a good option if you can do that. I mean, you, you no, know, that's that's a good point. That's totally valid. Well, um, craft but like the, uh, the, you know, so like support you. And it bitter. sounds like you're making it crafty too. So that's yeah. an element of that. That's a unique selling part too, Absolutely. is that, you know, it's something that's like a little bit different than what's out there in the yeah, I mean, marketplace. I, so. so far they've been, they've been really well received. So uh, I'm talking you up here. I'm trying to help you out here. Let me go get a oh, cold. Okay. Nona. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have a, I have a warm one here, but let me go get a cold one. So, yeah. That's, Question. that's the one that's like the, that's the pregnancy uh, decoy. I can't, I can't wait for it. Let me go get, let me go what's it. Jason doing right now? He's gonna go get a cold version of what he what he it's, wanted to take. He's been drinking warm beer. That guy's well, I think he took him out and no, then they started I mean, to get warm. But 
look who we're talking about here. Exactly. <laughs> a question for you, Lee. When you when you make seltzer with the White Labs nutrient and yeah. your house yeast, whatever house yeast you happen to have on hand at the time, sounds like you've been through a couple recently based on kind of what you're doing. Would yeah. you re you probably wouldn't repitch that into something like an IPA? Would you repitch into anything else like another seltzer? Would you, you know, you that that's exactly the question I want to have answered is like, I mean, you're right. I, I wouldn't pitch it into something with complex sugars. Right. But I don't see why you couldn't repitch it in another seltzer. However, maybe I don't want to be the guinea pig. Right. So <laughs> I haven't I haven't done it yet. Uh, I am curious about that. And to circle back on this idea of like it really does make sense to use this nutrient and use a yeast that you already have an abundance of. But I mean, the seltzer could inherently be like a gluten-free beverage, but if you're repitching yeast from oh, beer, that's true. Then, then technically we, we, we're so kind of crossing on streams there, right? Absolutely. So, I mean, it, it bring it back like, to the Ghostbusters. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there you go. Thank uh, you for bringing it back. I've been, I've been like, I've been telling the guys like, Hey, don't call it gluten free. I, I mean, I even wonder too, like, I mean, certainly I think you can run your kettle and heat exchanger through, uh, if you can't get the gluten out of there, then you probably also can't get whatever will ruin your beer out of there. Right. So like, I well, think you can yeah. get the, I think you can get the kettle and the heat exchanger and your wort lines, sufficiently clean to produce a like gluten-free product well you could call it like crafted to reduce gluten but if you want to call it gluten-free oh, no. you have to gluten. like you have to take it out to a third-party lab you have to go through those scenarios uh, you have right. to like and you're, you're also opening yourself up to that like like that level of liability yeah. So yeah. i don't think unless you were strictly a gluten-free facility yeah, production facility yeah. i don't think it makes sense to to try to do anything above and beyond like gluten reduce um, yeah. The problem there, though, is that like the tests for gluten free and gluten reduced. Well, for gluten reduced, like it's a tighter test and it's not very accurate. So you could, in theory, produce a beverage that tests okay, but it might still make somebody ill. Yeah. And like that's like that's not my objective. So. I think, yeah, that's the thing. It's sort of the way they put the disclaimer on, like, you know, this was produced in a facility that packages milk and nuts, nuts and yeah. whatever else. I think you just have to say, like, eh, it's mostly fine, but, you know, if you've got a real problem, then... Uh, well, you over-explain it. We do the same thing. We put out a seltzer, and we do some other stuff like that, and, like, it's all made on, like, you know, equipment that makes beer, so yeah. we have to... We go through this big explanation and say, we've tested it. It's th at this level, but we don't test every batch. It's, like, craft or reduce gluten, which is a key, you know, it, it, it sort of yeah. telegraphs the consumer that, you know, you're you're doing your best, but if you're, like, hardcore, then, you know... Yeah, if you've really maybe got you need to you need to like pull it back a little bit. Like, okay, maybe you don't want to have this, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's up to them. <clears throat> I mean, there is some onus on on everything. Um, well, I, you know, we did so that that the the nonas um, we do have uh, a girl here who is like I don't. She's not like diagnosed as officially celiac, but I, I think she is. Uh, she could have that seltzer. It was fine. But I gave her a little bit of a beer that we used uh, uh, Clarex in, which in theory can like break gluten down yep. and, and mm -hmm. reduce yep. it to pieces that don't hurt you. 
And that didn't work. Fucked her uh, up. That, that sent her straight to the bathroom. Oh, so, yeah, straight to the bathroom. Uh, it's nice to have an in-house uh, guinea pig. Here, try <laughs> this. Tell us what happens. So the seltzer, I think also it may partly depend on your pitching practices. Like if you're doing like a cone to cone transfer and you're not totally sure, like when it goes from like really dense slurry to like, eh, not so good. Like, Maybe you're just sending extra gluten in there that doesn't need to be there. Maybe if you have more sophisticated harvesting and repitching techniques, like maybe you could kind of mitigate that. I don't know. Yeah, uh, this is a pretty small place, so I can't get too <laughs> can't get too fancy with it. Yeah, this nona yeah. is great. So it's just what kind of bitters is it? it like Angostura. Well, we, we can't. Yeah, it's supposed to be like Angostura, but we can't like literally just like dump Angostura bitters in there. So um, Jason has like a bunch of like cool, like, you know, like homemade bitters recipe. So it's like, I guess uh, Angostura bitters. I think the biggest flavor contributor there is uh, gentian, gentian, however you say gentian. Um, I don't so know. It's like, it's. I think that's how you say it. Flavor. Yeah. I don't know. Shen Yin. It's Shen Yin. Um, But yeah, that was the idea. And I think we may do a series of soda waters, uh, party waters that are just um, different kinds of bitters. Because, you know, there's like a huge flavor array of of bitters. Oh, yeah. Um, So that, that might be a thing. This is uh, this is really cool. So and there's no alcohol in here or is it very, very little? Well, no, I mean, it's a hard seltzer. So there's like, okay. it's like 5%. Yeah. So there's actually, Come on, Jason, it's a hard alcohol. seltzer. <laughs> uh, you can drink it and drive around. No problem. You're fine. Hard, uh, <laughs> you can play D and D. You're fine. Yeah. There's more alcohol than there would be if it was literally just soda water and bitters. Cause yeah. I mean, the bitters are like 40%, but there's like three drops of them. So like, you know, you're not really, Taking too much of a payload there. I've, <laughs> payload. I've never heard of a, a bitters and soda before, but I, I think I might really? drink it. And yeah, I, I, what it's do like I? That's know? a digestive. Well, you know, it's like it's something like that's nice to have, like an actual bitters and soda when like you hmm. want the bubbles to kind of help. Yeah, like you said, like a digestive, yeah. like to kind of help. No, Lee, I digestive. <laughs> Sorry, digestive yeah. or digest. <laughs> Um, (laughs) like when you want it's sort of like when you don't want like a fucking nine and a half percent imperial something you're like dude every fucking day do you have a beer that's like less than four like I just I want the bubbles and I want the sensation of consumption I just don't want to be fucked up like so you know like everybody I'm trying to reduce the I'm realizing I'm drinking more now than ever before yeah Yeah, you are I'm trying to reduce that (laughs) And I'd been chugging a lot of soda water, just straight soda water. And like, yeah, so you just need a few drops. Of, yeah, you're there. Now I know. And I have a bunch of bitters. I have like some tiki bitters. I have uh, some orange bitters would be kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. Stir and shit. So I, I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to fuck around. And I appreciate that. You know, the whole, the hard seltzer thing. I don't know. There's, there's some good ones out there and there's some weird ones out there. Um, but uh, I appreciate that they're lower alcohol. That's what I never really understood about hard seltzer. It's like, why are we making it 7%? I don't understand. Yeah, I don't get that. Also, at 7%, you're going to taste the ethanol. Like, I mean, unless you just, like, I don't know, just can't taste anything. Uh, in, in the, like, 45 to 5% range, I think it's, like, 
kind of concealable, but as it gets strong, same thing with like, like the hard kombucha. Uh, I've had some really enjoyable ones that are in the, like the more moderate ABV range, but then like, it's suddenly like seven or 8%. I'm like, this just tastes like weird. Like this is like not good. Isn't White Claw making a hard, a stronger version? I think is, aren't White Claws like already 7%. And first of all, no, so are, no, your, no. are your seltzer seven percent? Did I just no. insult you? Aren't, no, I mean, no. Why, why well, should you, like you, a you have a few times, but no, uh, it's four point six. Four point six. Okay, good. Okay. Yeah, all right. Thank you. Thank all you right. for I was a little paying, concerned. Yeah. Thank you for paying attention. Thank you for paying also like it's a weird thing. Sponsor the show. Like, no laws, Jason. No laws. Something that's like five percent alcohol sells just fine, but like once it's like four point nine percent, like it sells more slowly. You're like really like you're concerned about that point one. That tenth of a percent, the like, yeah, which is five the is like a threshold. I mean, it's like it's the four point nine. Just lie and say it's five because it's going to sell so much. <laughs> just it's five. I mean, it's like that seven like percent uh, IPA, like that seven percent IPA that will just sell yeah. like crazy. So if you have one I, at six, personally, I love IPA. Six point nine is like you know like, value added proposition. <laughs> I think six and a half percent on a West Coast IPA is like the perfect, perfect. I agree totally. But I guarantee you, you'll sell it almost twice as fast if it's seven. Yep. And it's not that anybody really knows, like, mm. they're, they're just shopping by ABV. That's it. Some well, people and, do that, especially old men. As, as, as someone who, who does that, I've, I've definitely looked at a board and seen uh, a beer that's 5% and then seen a same style that's 4.9, and I will take the 4.9. Oh, absolutely. In a second. I, like, because I'm like, mentally. the lowest. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're that way. I agree. It's true. Um, Lee, let's take a quick break, man. And we're going to come right back. Uh, We have this hazy to talk about, and then we'll probably let you go. All right. We're going to fire you. Your bosses have called us and given us fire fire. And uh, I'll be right back. (laughs) Turn the compressor off and pee. I did. I did. did. All right. Hang on, everybody. Settle down. I'm just asking. Session. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for sticking with us. It's the session. We're hanging out with Lee Bukowski from Party Beer Company in Los Angeles, California. And uh, we're sort of wrapping up the uh, bitters and soda segment, which is really all I'm calling it. But it's, it's mainly like a hard seltzer thing. But um, yeah, you know, it's I, so I have this book. It's a Trader Vic's bartender's guide from like oh. 1950, whatever. And it's tons of these classic cocktails that nobody's ever heard of anymore because nobody drinks two ounce cocktails anymore. You know, or maybe maybe there's three ounces of liquid maximum, and uh, this sort of this would be the thing. The bitters and soda would be something like that in there as like a, a refresher or an aperitif, like you guys were talking about. I've I've never heard it, but it, it does speak to me of like being in a dive bar, like a smoky dive bar, and not you know I've already had twelve martinis and some bar nuts. <laughs> yeah, and I, I need to I drive home, so I need to have this to sort of refresh myself. Like uh, I think it's like a bartender thing. You know what I mean? Like okay. I think. So I don't have a ton of experience working, but I mean, I've never worked behind a real, I've worked at a tape, you know, in the tap room, but I've never worked behind like a bar that had liquor. And I think a lot of times, like, you know, you've got well-intentioned 
patrons who are like, Hey, let's have shots. And you're like, Oh no, I'm like, <laughs> I'm working. So I think part of, the, get out like, of this one, I think part of the bitters and soda thing is like, it's just enough bitters that it makes the liquid look like, it looks a like a seven, seven or something or a shot. So I think it's sort yeah. of like the way to like appease the overeager patron. Like, Oh yeah, I'll, I'll do this with you. And then like, you're kind of letting yourself off though. It's like a movie prop, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, but it actually does taste good and sort of it's fills good. a niche as well. So. And, and the colors there. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that's my take on it anyways. I don't know. What do I know? Um, speaking of other things, <laughs> we have destroyer of worlds, hazy IPA. And I'm going to, I'm going to throw this name, label man. up on the camera. And I want you guys to look at it. It's pretty fucking amazing. Oh, that's yeah, great. That's good. It's a cat yeah, shooting laser, laser eyes, laser eyes, fire everywhere. It's, it's rad, man. Who does your label design? Well, so that's one thing that I don't have to do anymore, but I did do at Eagle Rock. Uh, yeah, all the labels. And I enjoyed doing it, but... Yeah. Well, you were good at it. I liked it. It's also kind of... And I actually have done a couple for them uh, since then, but it's kind of nice to not have to do... Sorry, not have to do that anymore. Is that your ringtone? Oh, that was my wife. Yeah, I'll, I'll, get, I'll, I'll get to that one in a minute. Um, I mean, I guess I could, nope. Well, maybe I have to get to that. What now. is that? Yeah, why don't you just answer it on the air? The Miami like club, you know, we the best. Honey, I'm on the air right now. Maybe I'll just hear, I'll just send her a picture. That's right. So anyway, um, <laughs> anyway, with the uh, oh, she sent me a picture of my kid eating. Oh, well, here, I'll share that with everybody. Hold on, how do I do that? What's he eating? Paint? I think that's a whole bunch of yogurt. He's drinking a hazy IPA. You know what? I think that's a, yeah, that's a hazy IPA. <laughs> My kid eating yogurt too. Just pound. Um, I think one thing with like the in the world of like hazy IPA or maybe just like contemporary IPA, I'm kind of interested in the idea of like maybe developing sort of an IPA style that's like unique to this place and not necessarily representative of like, Oh, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a West coast IPA or it's a new England style IPA or whatever. Like that beer. I mean, it's, it's uh hazy in appearance, but it's pretty much a West coast IPA. It, it really is, man. Like you can see in the can, the hazy West coast IPA It's hazy. I mean, I, I just, like a new style. Yeah, I don't like when it's murky. Not like, sweet, but bitter. Like, yeah. I do, like I, I do like the idea that maybe you don't need a million IBUs to like have a yeah. nice, enjoyable, yeah. like crisp beer. But I think it goes back, and maybe that's maybe you need more than the single I, digit IBUs. That's okay. For now, like pretty much all we're doing is like Pilsner, West Coast IPA, and Hazy IPA, because that's like what is really easy for us to sell right now. And also those are beer styles that I do like to drink. Um, but I like the idea of like, okay, it can be hazy IPA, but like it doesn't need to be like overly viscous or overly murky. Like it doesn't have to be translucent, but it doesn't need to be completely opaque either. Like I want to find the right. And I mean, I think maybe like brackish. Right. Yeah, you know? uh, maybe there's a yeast out there that I haven't found yet that is like gonna express what I'm like looking for, what I'm talking about. But I, I don't know. Like that's that's a work in progress. Like 
I feel like with the West Coast IPA, that's kind of like a prescribed, like there's already a sort of a model there for that. Yeah. But with well, the sort of, um, oh, go ahead. No, no, I'm just letting you finish, sorry. Yeah, I just think with the like, I don't even want to call it hazy IPA, but with the sort of like contemporary IPA, like I like the idea of less bitterness, more hop aroma, more hop flavor. I don't want anything to be deposited in the glass like, like just in that 30 <laughs> minutes that it took you to drink the beer like there's like bitch. anything just like hanging out there um even like this one i liked but when i opened up the bright tank after we were done with the cans i was like what is all this shit like i thought i went out of my way to make sure there was gonna be no garbage in here and like there's still a fair amount of stuff in here so. there's some smegma dude uh i feel like that's the work that's the work in progress for sure you know, okay, so as 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 uh, being not a fan of either hazy IPAs or West Coast IPAs. You've never talked about that before. Um, never. Well, I'm the not going to get on my horse. The horse is put out to pasture. So, But I will say that this this is a, a unique combination of the two because you do have that soft, pillowy, round malt flavor with some of that softer uh, notes of hops, but then you do have a firmer bitterness. And it's not like some of the, the, the hazies that I've had where – it's, it's just, uh, I don't know, edgy or, or, or sharp edges poking out everywhere. It, this has a transition. No, it, I, it, it I focus. that. It tastes I it's actually like a challenging beer style to make. Cause like, if you're not, you know, obviously you're not filtering it, you're probably not finding it, but like, yeah. there's a lot of stuff in there that needs to get out of there. So does that mean <laughs> you add like two weeks to the overall like production time maybe it does but like two weeks is kind of expensive just to just have it sitting there so uh i've also been kind of messing around with doing like like really small biofine additions like mm. maybe you know certainly not enough to magically turn it clear because i feel like that's my luck like <laughs> the beer you want to be crystal clear will never be crystal clear right but the one that you want to look a little chunky will be the one that just drops bright. Like it looks like a perfectly <laughs> polished, like Pilsner. Uh, so I've been messing around with doing like little, like maybe like 25% of the rate that you would normally use or like just enough to maybe take like the big stuff out and still, uh, I don't know. Uh, we'll see how, we'll see how it goes. I, I think it's a cool thing that you definitely should keep working on. Um, it, it, it is unique. It's a unique tasting beer in the space can you talk a little bit about how you how you managed to get this sort of softer rounder mouthfeel but then still ended up with a, a bitter beer i mean uh just you know like you you talk to your other friends that are brewers like well how much calcium chloride are you using and what are you doing here and what's the yeast and whatever <laughs> so that one is the uh that's the coastal haze blend which i like it but i think i'm going to stop using it uh i also feel like i mean and also it, it, it depends on your unique like water chemistry absolutely That's i feel a like a lot of time. people just like dump a ton of minerals in there for the for the hazy ipas and then you drink it and you're like god damn like this just it's like there's like like chalk in there which i shouldn't say chalk because but it tastes chalk, chalk, chemistry, chalk yeah. maybe something specific but like just like minerality so our water here is like pretty shitty. Um, <laughs> You're welcome for that. Bob. Do you use our water? Uh, no, because we don't currently have anywhere to send it. So 
Here's a couple interesting side notes. Originally, there was going to be no hot liquor tank, and I was like, "What are you talking about? How can what? I no, like you're just going to dump all your chiller water like into the drain?" Um, we currently don't have a cold liquor tank, so I've been using one of the fermenters as a cold liquor tank because the brew house has like so like the actual ch- the wort chiller on the brew house. Let me hear like is like you know this big. But I can't see it. Pull it back a little further. And the and the pre-chiller, the pre-chiller that's supposed to get the incoming water cold is about this big. It's very very tiny. Uh, so it absolutely does not work as advertised. Which I told them it wasn't going to work. Um, <laughs> so one of the six fermenters right now is just cold water because there's no like I'm not trying to knock out in like eight hours. Like I I need this process to happen in like maybe thirty minutes. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> Uh, there's that, but anyways, what the, what were we talking about? <laughs> I have no idea. We're talking man. about hard seltzer and bitters. No, <laughs> we're just about the massive, the show. massive minerality and how, sometimes LA is challenging for water. I mean, I grew up in LA and when I was homebrewing, I would use distilled water and add back cause, yeah. um, I had those also, challenges. Eventually, um, I should have sent you guys like a, like a schematic of the layout here. Cause it's pretty small. But we do have a pretty big uh, cold box. Nice. So eventually I'm going to put a plastic cold liquor tank in the cold box. Not because I'm going to use the cold box to get it cold, but because that's the only space I have left. Help, uh, I'm just going to like stick it in the corner. The cold box is at 40. Like cold liquor can be at like, I like it around 40 or 42. So uh, at some point when we need that fermenter to be freed up to make more beer, then we'll just put a, like one of those weird poly tanks in there with a pump and a controller. And that'll be that. Um, at that point we could do like, I like the idea of maybe doing like partial RO just to like take the overall mineral load down, a, down little a little bit. bit. Yep. At it's the same like... time, it's such a wasteful process. Like, I mean, even like the really good ones are like, Thing like four to one or something like you're still dumping a lot of yeah it is laden water into the drain so maybe there's like a balance in there where it's like take you can water your landscape with it we could we just got some palm trees uh it's getting well, there you go palm trees Other, otherwise i would show you a picture of the palm trees but uh uh tell me about your your hopping for this how do you go how do you go bitter but not over bitter but still that firm bitterness well that one was just like a, i've been doing a lot of like no 60 minute editions, just a whirlpool edition. Uh, I did like, there's a, on the, I don't think I, did I send you the uh, prom Pilsner? I guess I didn't send it. No, you didn't. And now I'm offended. So that one was like, I am too, by the way, like 175 degree whirlpool, like take it down, do a much bigger hop edition, whatever. Uh, I'm totally, I'm not, I'm not completely sold on that yet. Uh, but the one you're drinking, like no 60 minute edition, just a big like uh, Citra Mosaic at the end. And then in the fermenter, uh, Citra Mosaic and Strata. Um, I mean, I wouldn't think that that would impart such a bitterness. It re- I think it largely depends on the hops, you know, because like if this is like a like 15 point whatever alpha acid hop, then like putting that into a whirlpool for 20 or 30 minutes at 210 degrees, like you, you certainly get a lot of bitterness. Like maybe it's a little bit more than I want. Um, is it? 
I've been kind of like toying with the idea of maybe using like there's a lot of cool new like hop extracts so maybe you do like a little bit of extract so you can still have the ability to use your heat exchanger to bring the work down a little bit before you knock out uh, I did on one of the beers uh, I kind of forgot I did like a warrior edition at 60 minutes and then I did the 175 degree whirlpool and I was like oh you wow you forgot like, how did you forget that <laughs> Well, I was. Wait, uh, what is going on? You, you. So, uh, I'm not. I feel like, like you're on a satellite at a brewery. It's almost like, like you're just, there working alone or something. Exactly. <laughs> like, I am here. I added warrior hops to the late edition. Like, uh, I do really well when I pick one thing at a time and focus on that. But once I get into the multitasking, uh, don't tell your owners that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was, you know, like it worked, but there was a lot of stuff moving in and out of that heat exchanger. I was like, oh, dude, it's going to take me like three weeks of like. To break that bad boy down. Or I could open it up, but I don't want to open it up. That's yet. what I said. Yeah. So just, <laughs> just keep, it's like heart <laughs> surgery. Just nuke it. Just nuke it down over a couple weeks. It'd be fine. I mean, you know, like uh, that's what we use really hot water to sanitize it. And that mostly works. So, I mean, honestly, man, I think this is is pretty much a unique hazy IPA in the landscape because again, it it does start off like you would think a a hazy IPA would, but it does have that bitterness. So you can, you can, is it, is it a conscious thing where you're, you want to hit people in both markets of like, you want a bitter IPA, but you want also the juicy thing and you don't know what to do or, are you just trying to create something? No, I mean, like, I don't want to sound like cheesy where I'm like, oh, well, you know, we just, we make the beer that we want to drink and then we uh, all <laughs> the rest. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, well, if I'm, especially when I'm the only one here, I'm like, it's only my taste buds. So like, <laughs> I don't satellite like, alone. Like, yeah, I don't want it to be. I just want to be able to drink a lot of them. Like (laughs) if it's too chunky, I can't drink that much of it. If it's too bitter, I can't drink that much of it. If it's, you know, like if I look at it and visually it's just like off putting, then I can't drink a bunch of it. So, and I'm sort of extrapolating. I'm assuming that like, well, uh, you know, if I don't hate it, then hopefully the rest of the buying public also doesn't hate it. Mm -hmm. So that's a good way to look at it. uh, What do I know? I, I don't know anything. What are you talking about? You sound like me reading my script. I'm the self-deprecating brewer. Stop using my line. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm also not trying to like appease the like lowest common denominator, but yeah. like, I don't know. I mean, if I guess like if you think in your head, like, all right, here's my like maybe like top five favorite beers, which would be a hard exercise to even do it in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. It, we know. Yes. Like, keep going. Are, are any of those top five beers, the ones where like, well, I can have like three ounces and then like, that's it. I'm like, yep. I'm done. like, no, it's probably beers that you're like, dude, if I had to, I could drink this thing all day. Like, yes. You're you not about to pay a lot. Keep going. So, that's uh, what you that's, want. It's kind of, I'll sell Keep going. <laughs> I, did I say Elisali? I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, oddly enough, I'm trying to debate between like Rogue Smoke and Schlinker Law right now. I don't know why. <laughs> Maybe because it's in the air. I don't know. Maybe because we're slowly suffocating up here. But well, I mean, right now, right about that. Like, they cancel out. So if you drink it now, you won't taste any of the smoke. It's true. Well, it's a, You're gonna finally. Get, you're finally gonna taste the base beer because smoke 
times smoke equals it's like equals you know, smoke. negative negative positive yeah you Wait, hold on a second can you do the math again for me on the whiteboard four lefts oh. equal right and that's just 389 be sprinkling ash in your beer a couple months from now jt when <laughs> there's no uh, smoke in the air so. I, I gotta get i gotta get the hit yeah. <laughs> well, Lee, man, you're doing a good job, dude. I, uh, you know, I think that uh, you've obviously had your challenges, um, you know, not only leaving a, a very successful brewery that, that you've helped uh, create the brand for and, and, you know, it's good friends and stuff like that. Uh, but to transition to another brewery that uh, hasn't even been built yet. And then you're sort of there by yourself figuring all this shit out. Um, I think you're doing great. No, it's great. Your tastes are, are pretty good. Yeah, and, well, and it's a great I, story. I look forward to the day when you guys can come down here and. Me too, uh, dude. Damn. Oh, hell yeah. Although, actually, you can come yes. down. I'm the only one here. So you can actually, we should just, you guys, we're getting in cars. We're going down there. Dude. All right. Let's go. JSX. You know, I mean, even, this, even the hazy, like, uh, you know, I. Mask up and let's go. <laughs> Arms reach, baby. Let's go. Sounds all right to me. Yeah, that's good stuff, man. I appreciate it. And you sent some of your Mexican lager, your uh, taco cerveza. Which I like is that great. one. So, that's ironically, the... Uh, what was the you use, by the way? Well, the first two Pilsners I did, I used Mexican lager because a friend had it, like, available. Yeah. So, ironically, on the Mexican lager, I did not use the uh, Mexican lager. I used uh, 3470. And then I did... Oh, wow. A, I did a bag of flaked corn and a bag of... Uh, brown rice flakes huh and i i really like it to me like it it tastes Wait, what was like, that brown what did you say i wanted flaked rice but they didn't have regular flaked rice they only had like flaked brown rice brown rice okay which is like a little more yeah. characterful but i yep. I, I really like the beer like i mean i i feel like it that sounds great i like to try that thinking in west texas uh well i will send some of your way send me oh, wow. uh, okay coordinates Oh man, okay. yeah. I was about to offer some of mine, but uh, hell no. Now I'll, I'll no, drive. No, no. Uh, We're all driving down there tonight anyway, so I mean, we didn't even have to do oh, that. Oh well, then I'll just stay put. That'll be perfect. Be <laughs> hey, yeah, stay there, wait for us. Don't go home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Castle understand. I mean, I've got stuff I can do. It's fine. I, I do have to start that D and D game, but you know, it's fine. Yeah. I'll probably be wrapping up about the time you guys get here, so it'll be perfect. <laughs> That's true. Um, all right, everybody, you can go to partybeer.co to learn more about Party Beer Company. And uh, of course, they're on Instagram as well. And your Instagram, I was commenting to Nate before the, the show, it's very hip. You got like a lot of the pastel coloring. Real like, cool, yeah. yeah a lot of hip colors. It's trendy that's, as hell, uh, man. That's, so that's definitely, not my department, but I do think it looks good. Definitely give them a follow, man. It's, uh, it's good stuff. Well, it was really good to see you guys, man. Thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's you, been a Pete. while. Yeah, definitely, man. It's been uh, it's been too long, but that's you know that's that's where we are right now. Well, one of these days we'll do something in person. It'll be uh, it'll be splendid. Man, I can't wait. We're gonna hug so many people. <laughs> there's Nicole. We, we, Speaking of hugging people, what's, what's Nicole? That was weird. That was like an acid trip right there. Yeah. All right, guys, go support Party Beer Company, PartyBeer.co, and of course, don't forget about our other shows like Brew Strong. I'm currently editing several Brew Strong shows at once, uh, so those are going to be up once. very soon. I have uh, two Doctor Homebrew episodes that should drop, I think, within the next couple of days. So there's that. I'm also going to be doing another live session on Monday for you live listeners. I have no idea who it's with. Uh, Bev sent me the information, but I haven't read it yet. But I will be here at 5 o'clock on Monday to uh, talk about some more beer 
with you guys too. So uh, check it out. Lee, thanks again, man. I really appreciate it. It was very good seeing you as well. Thank you guys. It was great, uh, man. I you. appreciate it. I will hopefully see you sooner than later. Absolutely. All right, Lee. Take care, man. All right. All right. Adios. Bye, guys. <laughs> guys. And winning the race, JP does great as his charity.